Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. Frank Madden and Eric Name. Eric is fresh from the Bradley Center. Yeah. In the in the recording studio after the Bucks lose to yet another winless team uh, for the second straight game. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks making dreams come true for first the Mavericks on Sunday and uh, tonight the New Orleans Pelicans although um, I found this loss far more tolerable even though it was at home uh, because Jabari Parker was uh, pretty awesome yeah there's there's no denying that he was he was a lot of fun tonight Um, I tweeted something out I don't even know when it was maybe third quarter fourth quarter I can't remember but it Anytime you're thinking about how much Jabari can score, like, man, his ceiling as a scorer is hard to imagine when his jump shot, or just when he's shooting jump shots confidently. Because uh, I don't really know how you then attempt to stop him because he's so much quicker than every four and almost all threes. Like, if he's confidently stepping into jump shots, good luck because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of nights like this if he's willing to shoot jumpers like that yeah he had um he had terrence jones kind of guessing um as was the game on went on um you know three or six from from deep uh obviously that's hugely encouraging i mean he's shooting 42 percent <laughs> from three right now which is uh you know obviously a a great thing to see if you're a bucks fan that uh you know if if he's you know i mean if he were 40 percent for the season we would all be doing backflips and that <laughs> You know, really changes the the way his you know his fundamental dynamics uh, of the offense would work, and suddenly you know all the questions about oh the Bucks have two guys at forward who don't shoot. It's like, I mean, how much does that help Giannis's life as well? If if Jabari is a credible threat from three, um, that does make a big difference. We saw a ton of um, one four pick and roll with him and Del Vadova in the fourth quarter. They were just trying to get Jabari the ball over and over again um, on that, and I thought it was interesting. You know, Giannis had. Uh, a very meh game for the second game in a row. I mean, I should say a meh game for Giannis is now 17 and 10 and a couple blocks. Uh, but he got, I would say, worse as the game went on. Um, I did think he had some. I did think he actually had some nice defensive possessions against Davis um, in the fourth. Did have that one bad foul, um, but just some questionable shots from Giannis. You know, just one assist, three turnovers tonight. Um, you know, and and looking at Delvado having 12 assists, I think that sort of speaks to also uh, we're getting this was maybe the furthest we've seen from point Giannis um, in a while, uh, just less of Giannis with the ball in his hands in some ways. Um, but uh, yeah, he did not have a great game, seven out of 16. Uh, you know, hit an early jump shot, but had some questionable jumpers in the fourth quarter and a couple that you know were kind of like, uh. and he had that running left-handed like sky hook that airballed yeah and i was just like uh i mean again i'm not really ever mad about Giannis shooting but you know 
like Giannis, you can get you can get the one he he missed it, but he had that one where he drove and went into a, a jump stop and shot a hook shot from like you know seven feet or something, which yeah. he missed. But like he always can get that shot, and so you know the idea of him yeah. doing a running left handed like you know hook shot is just like dude. You can get a way easier shot than that whenever you want. No, I was going to say, the big thing with Giannis is that I don't think either of us are ever going to be super upset with a shot that he takes. The problem is that there's always so many easy shots available to him that he doesn't need to take tough ones. And especially if they're getting into their offense early enough, like there isn't a reason to force something bad. And like you said, that, that one jumper he took in the fourth was off his like left foot and fading away and it just wasn't good and again if you want a shot you can step you can literally pass it to someone else get the ball back and step into a catch and shoot three literally anytime you want and I will take that shot over a forced bad shot from Giannis um so again I struggle to be upset with any Giannis shot any Jabari shot in this season because they should be taking the shots but again within that within that knowledge within that uh, assumption, there is the idea that they can get good shots no matter what. Uh, so working towards getting those good shots is always, I think to me, is always going to be important. Yeah, and so we'll see. I mean, Giannis now two straight games that you know were generally kind of certainly drags on his overall stat line. Um, we'll see coming up on Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies whether he can have a bounce back game. I think. Uh, yeah, I was thinking a little bit, you know, we, we mentioned, I think, in, uh, earlier this week, I think in the Monday pod, um, you know, Giannis had that really fast start a year ago too, at first few games, and then he slowed down pretty quickly thereafter. Uh, you know, he's had a more prolonged good start to the season just in terms of raw numbers this year and just in all numbers this year. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, um, especially as teams, you know, get a little bit more used to seeing the film on how the Bucks are playing with all these pieces. Uh, can he consistently, you know, be a 20 plus point scorer? Um, and he's had a couple games down in a row. Obviously, this Sunday game had foul trouble, but um, you know, he's been a an inefficient shooter, been under 50 percent both games, uh, hasn't scored effectively. And you know, there's no reason to think he can't bounce back from that. But um, you know, certainly would like to to see a, a big game from him coming up next. And obviously, we saw that from Parker. Uh, no hesitation on his jump shots. And that was great to see. Uh, ironically, Jabari Parker now it has the most three three pointers of any Bucks starter, which I guess isn't <laughs> saying that much, um, but uh, it, it is I guess a little bit funny. I think he has the same number as Tony Snell. He's got eight, and he actually has more threes on the season than Del Vadova, which doesn't feel right. I feel like Delhi shooting just 32 percent. You need to see some better uh, better three point productivity from I him. W- I want to talk about Delhi's role a little bit. Okay, let's do it. So, Delhi has 12 assists tonight. And there's been a couple games recently. So, as 12 assists. It didn't, to, it didn't feel like he had 12 assists to correct. me, by the way. Like, I, I, think, correct. I, I don't think he had like an impressive. I was shocked assist. when I saw that there was 12 assists on the stat line at the end of the night. But with that being said, so 12, 12 to 2, I think he's had a couple games with five turnovers, maybe four turnovers. He is involved in a lot of the action. And. As I think about this Bucks team more, a lot of the times when they're trying to get Giannis started or some action for Giannis, it will start with, like, say, a Del Vadova pick and roll or 
Uh, one of their go-to sets has been like that kind of horn setup where Giannis is setting the first of two ball screens for Delhi, and then he dribbles to his right and then kicks back to Giannis, and then Giannis gets into their action. And when I see that Delhi isn't shooting as many threes as maybe we thought he could or maybe as we thought his role would dictate, I do have to wonder if the role he is being put in is is the best role for him. Because it does seem like I shouldn't see a game where Matthew Delvadova has five turnovers or be putting be put in a place where he could get five turnovers, if that makes any sense. And it's been a thought I've been thinking about for the last like two or three games where you see him have the ball so much and part of me wonders if that's best for the team. Are you, Have you had any of those thoughts or am I just a little bit crazy with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm... I don't think either of us are, you know, religious about Giannis bringing the ball up. Um, you know, I think we both want to see Giannis getting the ball when there's a chance to push the pace, obviously, and, yeah. and have him anytime he gets a rebound or, you know, obviously a turnover, uh, have Giannis be be the guy bringing the ball up. But um, in half court sets, especially against pressure, you know, again, I think it's kind of a waste to have Giannis be putting out a bunch of effort to try to bring a ball up that Del Vidova can easily do. But I would agree. I think... Um, you know, they've certainly been much more Delvadova centric than I think makes sense in a lot of ways. And obviously, you know, the offense has, I think, generally been um, better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, but Delvadova, I mean, his numbers, they're, they're, they've been bad with him on the court. Like the on off metrics are, are way better for Brogdon than they are for Delvadova right now. Um, and as you said, there have been some games where he's had some bad turnovers. And I do think, you know, putting him off ball more probably makes some sense. But by the same token, I think it's probably a reflection of the fact that kid doesn't necessarily trust other guys to, to always yeah. get the bucks into their offense. Um, and so it, we'll we'll see how it evolves. But certainly, I think faster pace would, you know, kind of getting more up tempo. And again, I mean, we always say it like you can't just flip a switch, but um, playing more up tempo probably would mitigate that somewhat because that's when Giannis and Jabari are, are seeing the ball more. Um, but it does seem like Delvadova is maybe doing a little too much or you know maybe you know and i also like selfishly want Giannis to get tons of assists so so yeah. that's also in the back of my mind i guess part of it when you brought up brogdon i guess part of it has been that i obviously am on twitter all the time and i get tweets from people that are like oh maybe sh- should the bucks go with brogdon instead of delhi and to me it seems like brogdon's role is much simpler like he's not asked to run and initiate offense against another team's starters like he's just there and like he does when he's in there with the bench unit he does run some offense but it's a little bit more Monroe centric and I I guess that's kind of what got me started thinking that way was that I hear so many people say like oh it should be Brogdon instead of Delhi and it's just like well if Delhi got to do what Brogdon did maybe he'd be a little bit better um so I don't know I've just been kind of fighting with that internally for the last couple days there as Del Vidova's had some games where he struggled, especially with turnovers, there have been games where I've been kind of wondering, it's like, oh, man, what if you had Brogdon in here instead of Del Vidova? But, yeah, I mean, the hard part is just, like, Brogdon just, I mean, he's obviously been even worse shooting the ball, 21% from three. Um, it's and just he, he looks hard. to be completely uninterested in shooting a three. Yeah, so it's. I think it's just, like, you know, I just can't get over that because um, I do think it's so important that that whoever's out there can play off the ball. And again, it, the Delhi has not been great off the ball, 32% from three. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously something that you hope will, will regress back to, to the mean or progress to the mean. Um, 
some other thoughts for tonight. Um, you know, again, didn't force turnovers tonight. I mean, I think there are two kind of stats that jumped out to me defensively, not forcing turnovers. I think the Pelicans had like 10 or 11 turnovers. Granted, the Bucks outscored them uh, off of turnovers because the Bucks actually did a good job taking care of the ball themselves tonight as opposed to what we saw on Sunday. Um, but, you know, it just it's just hard for this Bucks team to be good defensively if they don't force turnovers. We've talked about it a lot of times, like, you know, the whole concept of the defense is that, it, you know, they have to be able to force turnovers. And it was a little weird. I, I felt like, you know, and, you know, in soccer, like they talk about keeping your shape. Um, yeah. It, this didn't feel, I mean, this was a bad defensive performance numerically. I mean, the Pelicans were at 114 offensive rating. They came into the game at like 98 or 99. I mean, they were one yeah. of the worst offensive teams in the league. Um, so this was bad, right? Especially yep. relative to how much the Pelicans normally score. But it didn't feel like the Bucks were necessarily you know, completely out of position all the time and, you know, chasing shadows and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I thought they defended Davis pretty capably. Um, they had a lot of help coming his way. You know, there was always a second man that was, you know, kind of shading, um, you know, 2.9ing in the paint. And um, they were definitely very conscious of that. And, you know, he shot 12 out of 25, 8 of 8 from the foul line. You can, I think, live with 32 on 25 shots from from Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just I think we were talking about before, you know, you mentioned offensive rebounds, didn't give up a ton of offensive rebounds, but it just seemed like timely stuff. Yep. They had some breakdowns, uh, especially in that fourth quarter when they're coming back, they get to 90, 87 on a couple plays with Monroe and Brogdon connecting and then, you know, give up a run. You know, Omar Ashik is hurting them inside. Um, just stuff that you, you don't feel good about afterwards yeah. when, you, when you look at how you lost the game yeah that that fourth quarter stretch was rough because um, like you said you do get it down to three and then there's a, a four minute stretch or so where it just seems like they can't get the final part of a stop where like you said the shape looked good the possession looked good and then you Anthony Davis hits a tough shot and Giannis follows him on it or you, you look good and then you give up an offensive rebound or Ashik is somehow Ashik gets a ball up onto the glass and gets an and one. And there was just plays where you just felt like, man, they were so close to a good defensive possession and they didn't have it. And I guess partnered with that, one thing I thought was throughout the fourth quarter, I kept thinking, all right, the Bucks need a three here. And then I would look out on the floor and it that would, that would mean they have to take a three though, which yeah, you're 100 percent correct. And when the Bucks aren't getting turnovers and not playing particularly good defense, I'm not sure that Tony Snell makes more sense than Mirza Toledovic. Like throughout the fourth quarter, I kept thinking, "Oh, this would be a good spot for Mirza. This would be a good spot for Mirza. You could bring Mirza in here." And especially on a night where you're committing so much to Anthony Davis, like. Your defense is going to be so Anthony Davis centric that I think Mirza can 2.9 perfectly fine. And then you can try to get up. Like, I didn't think Tony Snell was making an impact. And if Tony Snell isn't making an impact, I would, would rather have Mirza Toledovic on the floor. It's interesting. So I was thinking about this. So somebody, um, let me see who it was. Somebody tweeted at me asking, like, will, will Kid ever get consistent with his rotations? And it's kind of interesting because I don't know if. I mean, I feel like I generally know pretty much like who Kid is playing most nights. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's really that from a 
rotation consistency perspective, probably the weirdest thing that the Bucks do is you know the fact that like Henson, Plumley, and Monroe are all playing at center. That's probably the one thing that's like most strange. Um, and you know, unfortunately, like Plumley was just. I mean, he was garbage tonight. That was like, you know, visions of uh, post-contract Gads reach. As was Henson. Contract just, you know, piles of cash set on fire um, out there. Hence, I mean, Henson was better, but like uh, against, you know, a comparison of like horrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, and it's also kind of, I mean, whatever. And obviously, you know, you don't envy any of these guys trying to, to stop Anthony Davis. Um but, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the biggest problem was not containing Ashik, to be honest, yep. in the fourth quarter. Uh, he had a couple of buckets, I think an and one, um, that really hurt uh, because it was right when you were trying to get stops. Yep. Um, so that that was painful. Um, Monroe, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like Monroe did very little offensively, except for maybe some of his passing, but he was actually um, made a couple plays defensively, at least. Am I making, yep. am I making that up? He had yep, another he steal, did. I thought. He did. Um, but obviously, you know, you're not putting Greg Monroe in for defensive purposes. So I think that's a big problem. But other than that, I mean, you know, he's been pretty consistently playing. Your know, kid's been pretty consistently playing Beasley some minutes, Toledovich minutes as as the two forwards. Obviously, Brogdon's your backup point guard. Um, you know, probably the, you know, Vaughn's been somewhat inconsistent. You know, Terry's gotten in is a he couple games. Is he going every other with Terry and Vaughn? It almost seems like that way. I think. I know. I mean, I know Terry was gone for personal reasons a couple times, and that might have contributed to Vaughn doing that. And I, again, I was sitting next to Alex Boulder, and him and I were talking tonight, and we were kind of theorizing, like, is he going every other with them? Because I guess that if you would tell them before the game, I don't necessarily know that that would be the worst thing. Obviously, I would prefer the younger guy to play a majority of the minutes because I don't, I'm not going to use Jason Terry going forward, but. I guess if you would tell them <laughs> you're not gonna you're gonna play tonight, you're gonna not play the next night, and then Rashad's gonna play for you. So it's just interesting. Like you said, uh, we were talking after the game, and it was it, figuring out how to get all these guys on the floor seems like a little bit of a of a difficult proposition right now. Because uh, like you said, you have the the three big guys, and then uh, you have like the Von Terry decision, and then you got to figure out how to balance Brogdon and Delvadova any given night. And I don't know, it just seems like there's a lot of decisions that might not be super easy to make there. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know if there was a trade, the best trade, I mean, is still a, a, a big man for a wing and. Yeah. Um, you know, Monroe's probably the most valuable guy to the Bucks at this point <laughs> by by a mile. Um, you know, Henson might be the only other guy that could be traded. Uh, Plumley, you, you know, he's dead weight. You're never going to trade that contract at this point. Um, Merry Christmas. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you had a better wing that you could maybe start over Snell, and then Snell could be a backup, and then you you know wouldn't need to use Beasley. And again, I know it sounds like I'm hating on Michael Beasley, but. You know, he just doesn't really just doesn't really do it for me on both. He's been good know, the last of, two second quarters. Yeah, off- offensively he's been he's been good. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just. I mean, if I think I just think like if you're trying to have flow to an offense, he's just yeah, not a guy about, who's yeah. who's going to do that. Obviously, defensively, um, he's not a, a plus there. I, I mean, I would I would love it if there was a way to. Um, you know, Toledovich is playing 18 minutes a game, shooting 42 percent from three. Obviously, a lot of that was that seven of eight game. I mean, I would love it if you could find a way to get Toledovich. Um, if if there was some way to get more of like a three-man rotation with Toledovich, Jabari, and Giannis uh, rather than, you know, 
getting four guys in there, including Beasley, because obviously Beasley, you know, in that scenario, sort of eating into um, Toledovich's minutes. But also, I mean, Jabari's played only 32 minutes a game. Giannis, 33 minutes a game. So it's not like those guys are playing monster minutes. Um, and I, I mean, uh, you know, part of it, it might be some of the foul trouble from that one night. But I mean, I think Giannis, you know, foul trouble and also the Kings game. But, you know, I think most nights Giannis should be playing 35 to 38 minutes a game on a game that's competitive. Um, I mean, he's by far your best, most impactful player. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see how those minutes evolve after see, after the all-star break last year. I mean, I think they played monster minutes, all the, both those guys. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes. I mean, especially Jabari, I don't, I, I'm, I'm less desperate to see Jabari play, you know, 37 minutes per game. Um, Cause I don't know. I always worry a little bit more about his, his um his body um you know a lot of people forget i mean jabari broke a foot in high school uh never had surgery on it you know that's kind of one of those things he may you know don't be shocked if like in the next few years like you know he ends up having to miss a couple months to having like surgery on his foot because something happens he he did have that foot soreness last year people remember and we all freaked out um but that sometimes happens guys have to get you know uh, that cleaned up and i don't think it'd be a, a a major major injury but Anyway, not to yeah. totally go down a, a di- random digression, but um, I'm probably more okay with Jabari having his minutes limited a little bit versus Giannis, um, just because I think Giannis is probably a little bit more proven to you know not get hurt. And of course, I'm jinxing everything here. But. Yeah, I guess there's, I guess there's the thought in my mind that there's probably two two guys too many in the rotation, and you could you could chop two of them out, and then your rotations become a little bit simpler. But also something I've kind of thought about and it's because again I've been I've been producing Packers post game shows now for this entire NFL season and it seems like the one regular caller is always there's always play there's always play calling guy there's always a guy that thinks he can call the plays better smarter than the coach and it doesn't matter if the plays are called very differently from week to week it doesn't matter if they're called the same there's always a guy that thinks they can do it better and i part of me starts to to think of that when we talk about rotations like there's always a question like oh i would have i would have gone parker a minute less there i would have gone parker a minute more or Giannis could have stayed in here or Giannis could have stayed out there and no matter what like what so say tonight kid keeps Giannis in with the fifth foul and you could argue he could have but he didn't, and then he was able to extend Giannis for the final, what, four minutes of the game instead of the final five minutes. And no matter what rotation decision you make on a given night, someone's going to question it. <laughs> like, I just think no matter what you do with an NBA rotation, people are going to really question it. And I, I think at the start of the season in the first three games when the Bucks weren't staggering Giannis and Jabari, that was a serious question. That was a serious thing that you could complain about. But a minute here, a minute there, I don't know if from game to game I'm I'm really able to, to complain a lot about it. So I think in the first three games, staggering was a problem. Now I think there might be too many guys in the rotation, but the smaller, more minute details of that, I don't necessarily know if I'm 
willing to complain every night about it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the interesting thing about pulling Giannis, I mean, I was kind of like, you're going to pull Giannis down 11 with six minutes left. Like, what are you saving him for? Like, this is the game right here. Um, But interesting enough, I mean, this was like the rare game where Giannis was, I think, getting in the way of, of, you know, wanting to keep Giannis involved actually meant uh, Jabari was not getting the ball and Jabari was clearly the better player tonight. Mm -hmm. As soon as Giannis went out, Jabari scored five straight points. Um, So ironically, taking Giannis might have helped them just because, he just wasn't playing well in the fourth quarter and and Jabari was and got the ball in Jabari's hand. Um, so we will not say that very often, um, but in that case, <laughs> no. I think it might have worked out. But but yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, for the most part, I mean, rotations are just every coach, it seems people complain about rotations. Um, you know, I think with Kid, I mean, I, I worry. I think we and we talked about this the other day. Like I think and you mentioned it. You know, I think the concern more with kid is that he just like forgets about he forgets to take guys out when they're yeah. playing well, <laughs> or you know, like the or Terry he likes, likes to like stretch guys out who are playing. Yeah, well. right. Like Monroe should never play a full quarter. Terry should never play sixteen <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight minutes. Yeah. Just stuff like that. It's like, yep. hey, uh, you know, assistant coaches, can you tap him or something like that? <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the bigger concern is just like you know, I mean, for me, like looking at the Bucks right now. Um, I didn't like that they, you know, weren't shooting threes tonight. And, um, you know, I, th- I think with a team like this, we saw with Jabari, he starts shooting threes, teams play him differently. He gets mm-hmm. more stuff going to the basket. He started by shooting and then by, you know, working inside more as the game went on. Um, and I think broadly speaking, uh, that kind of thing works. You get pump fakes, you dribble drive, you draw second defenders, you kick it out, you get even an even better look than you might have had um, on that original, you know, pump fake shot. So, um, yeah, if they don't shoot threes, I mean, I think it's just, you know, they were pretty efficient offensively tonight, 108 per 100, uh, despite not shooting a lot of threes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'd much rather be in that 25 to 30 three pointers per game range. Um, we'll see, we'll see kind of how that develops. But I think the hard part tonight was, I mean, you look at the box score or hit half their threes, right? Their, their point, their guards, Delvadova 0 for two, Snell one for four, uh, Vaughn 0 for one, Brogdon zero for zero. So your point guards or your point guards and shooting guards are one of seven combined. And that doesn't yeah. work because the whole point of, of the guards in this, on this team or that they have to stretch the offense for Giannis and Jabari. And they didn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that was a problem offensively and defensively. I mean, you know, again, if they don't force turnovers. Um, this defense is going to give up makeable shots. I'd like to, I, I, I don't know what the uh, Pelicans shot on like uh, two point, like non paint two point shots. And I'd be kind of curious um, if they maybe were a little bit lucky with some of the jump jumpers tonight, but um, either way, obviously it's a, it's a lost and you know, um, I was kind of saying after the game, uh, I don't think the Bucks are that much better than the Pelicans. Uh, I'd agree, but but obviously, you know, losing to an, uh, an, an you know a team without any wins never feels good, especially at home. The Bucks should win this game, obviously being at home. Um, but uh, you know, this is just the way this team's going to be. We'll we'll see kind of how they uh, bounce back from this. They've got Memphis coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, a Memphis team that, you know, is playing a little differently than they have maybe in the past. New coach. Um, I think they're shooting a ton more threes. Um, you know, they're uh, they're not much better offensively, though. They're 27th in offensive rating, falling to 12th in defense. Tony Allen might not play. He's got a hip injury, which uh, I would be very happy if uh, Tony Allen did not rush back uh, rather than harass uh, Giannis or somebody. Yeah. But um, probably a, 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 a will be a very good test, I think, for this Bucks team to see if they can bounce back and, and maybe show something. And, and also, we need to get the Bucks record back above 500 so Steve Van Horn can watch. <laughs> 
at least one more game this season since he's only watching when the Bucks are above 500. But uh, any final thoughts, or we can wrap it there. Bucks need to start chucking again. Start chucking. Jabari's chucking. We're happy about that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, start chucking, especially guards. Put the ball in Giannis's hands. Jabari, chuck guards. Get it. Get out of that three point line. Shoot some threes. Yeah. Um, anyway. Hopefully everybody just uh, will we will go go YouTube some some Jabari game highlights from tonight. That'll be a lot of fun. He showed the full arsenal, and uh, you know we're in game eight, ten percent of the way through the season. We're still alive. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll make it. Anyway, uh, have a good night, guys, and uh, or a good day. Uh, it's Thursday <laughs> night, but in, enjoy your Friday, and uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon.